This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company on this Monday for midday madness for Worklocker Karen Downs and Packenham. Unlock Stockton full of value. Work wherefore, wherever you work, visit worklocker.com.au. Midday madness time you call, you get on. That's the midday madness. Promise anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss. We'll get you on for the next couple of hours. one 736 736 that open line, which is brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia, where the customer comes first. Bit of AFL to come. Damien Hardwick's going to talk very shortly, and we'll bring you what Damien Hardwick, Gold Coast Suns coach, has had to say. Michael Voss has spoken. Bit of footy to come. But I mentioned anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, and just been talking with Jared. Obviously, what is the biggest story of the weekend? Fox Sports has been leading this morning with Australia's T20 cricket, 44-run loss to India. That feels like the least important thing of the weekend, least consequential thing of the weekend on the big picture scale anyway in the world. Um, Brody Kostecki winning the Supercars Championship Adelaide was big in Adelaide, and if you want to give me a call about the Supercars, I'll watch that. So I always enjoy watching the Supercars, but I like motorsport, and I like the commentary, the way they value-add. It's extra entertainment for me, so... uh, that sort of got me on the weekend as well. Minwoo Lee, biggest story, I think, when it comes to what might have consequence for next year. Uh, golf's trying to be more entertaining, and I think it was, or was it? That, your thoughts on that? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. This is golf's T20 big bash moment. Liv has forced old golf to have a rethink. This is the entertainment ad era in sport. You know, Big Bash had fireworks and pools in venues to watch from and mascots and dancers. Uh, The NBL resurrected itself the same. Basketball was cooked in this country and then Larry Kesselman took it over and he made it a family fun night to go to the basketball, a family fun afternoon to go to the basketball with dancers. Uh, There was this three-point shooting contest, there's baby races, uh, there's fireworks, there's a whole lot. So this is the value-add era. If you want fans to come to your sport, then you've got a value add. So golf now has party holes and showmen and chef's hats and Viking claps at the, the final tee. Um, are you in or not? And did it get you in or not? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Got a few things to give away, by the way, as well today. Got a few Signet Boost power banks valued at forty four ninety five. A Signet Boost power bank will get your phone, tablet and earbuds powered at 24-7. Got a few of those to give away 
And speaking of golf, did it get you in or not? Do you like the new party aspect of it? We've got a few e-gift cards redeemable online or in-store thanks to the House of Golf. The House of Golf, your one-stop shop for all things golf. So send through your texts, 0433-98-1116 is the text machine number. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. Send through your texts. But it's Talkback Radio. Rather have a chat to you about what you think is the biggest talking point of the weekend, massive weekend of sport. one 736 and we'll get you on the line. If you don't want to know the score in the Philadelphia game against um, the uh, Bills, then uh, you better look away now because that's gone into overtime and Philadelphia has just won that in overtime, 37-34 to 34 with a late touchdown. So uh, Philadelphia winning that. Plenty of NFL as well today. Um, you, there would have probably have been an era where us playing in the Davis Cup final would have been the biggest thing out of the weekend. But for some reason, golf golf has taken over where uh, a lot of fans have been watching on the weekend and not many fans stayed up last night to watch the Davis Cup final involving Australia. Uh, Alex Diminor and Alexi Popran don't quite have the cut through right now of a Leighton Hewitt or a Pat Cash or a Pat Rafter or a Mark Philippoussis playing in the Davis Cup final. There would have been a time when if we'd have lost the Davis Cup final or won the Davis Cup final overnight, that would have been the number one thing in world sport. But Davis Cup doesn't quite have the same following. Italy winning, by the way, for the first time in 47 years. So the second Davis Cup they've ever won. Brett Phillips is going to join us a little bit later on to talk about that. And I mentioned Brody Kostecki. Well, he's going to join us later on in the program after winning the Supercars Championship on the weekend. So all that's still to come. But your calls... From the top, one 736 and we'll give away a few Signet Boost power banks as well. Michael Voss has spoken, if you were unaware. Vossi has mentioned a couple of things which we've been mentioning a bit on this program in the last month. Uh, Vossi's saying the early signs through day one of training are good for Carlton because the players are back early, they're back earlier than they needed to be back, and they're prepared to put in the extra work because if you don't put in the extra work, you're kind of behind everyone else. Here's Vossi from earlier today at his press conference with Carlton fans. Yeah, hope and belief are, are two different things. Um, coming in hoping that you're going to to have a good season um, is one thing as opposed to having belief and you know, belief is you know, purely built off evidence and We've got more evidence to work with, but it doesn't put, in as, put us in a better position. Uh, we're, we're at the starting post like everybody else and um, we assume nothing and we've got to earn everything and, and that's what pre-season's all about is we have to go to work and we have to earn um, what we get given and without a really good pre-season we just won't put ourselves in a, in a great position. So certainly the early signs um, you know, through day one and, and how the players are coming back in, we've got a, a, we've got a pretty fit group. Um, you know, a large majority are there to be able to hit the ground running day one. Um, so of course when you get that body of work in it always gives you the chance to be able to set up your season well. How encouraging is that to just have a fit group like Sam Walsh last year was interrupting his pre-season, but yeah, to hit the ground running after you went so deep in finals, that must be pretty good for you. Yeah, it, it's pretty significant. I mean, it, it, you can dodge a lot of things, but uh, the one thing you can't dodge is avoid the work. And, um, you know, there's circumstances last year through a lot of probably operations at the back end of the year where some were... Um, obviously couldn't get started um, in pre-season. We still had a huge body of players that did um, and they've been able to back that up season after season. But we've also got another group that um, can do with some work. 
throughout this pre-season. Um, obviously, he's, Walsh is one of them. Um, but, you know, Matty Kenny was in the same boat. Um, you know, Pitto was in the same boat. Um, there was a number of players that through, um, you know, the finish of last season weren't able to get started in pre-season. And um, fortunately, we're small in number in that regard this year. Um, so that gives us an opportunity to be able to get uh, a little bit more work into the others. You've got many senior players who come back to start today. Yeah, we've got everyone, bar probably about four or five. So, um, so no, it's really good to be able to see. I mean, certainly expectations wasn't for them to start until next week. Um, it's been somewhat different probably for our group watching others start when we're not. Um, so, uh, but, you know, we've played obviously in a, the, the important weeks that we want to play in and we want to continue to figure in those. Um, so to be able to have them back and see them energised and really keen to come back at their own, their own choice is uh, particularly pleasing because, you know, we can say stay hungry, but in the end of the day, it's, um, it's up to the players to be able to show it and, and certainly they've showed that in numbers today. So is that a player-led thing they've all decided? It must have been. It's um, yeah. It certainly hasn't been uh, driven by us. So uh, to see the amount of players that are out here today is um, you know particularly pleasing. Michael Voss, coach of the Blues. Uh, it is huge having your team back like that. I think in in this at uh, this exact moment of the season, getting back early. If you're not back early, if you're not doing the extra work on top of what the CBA says you have to do, then you're starting behind everybody else. And I. I don't like this, uh, have a day off here, have a day off there. I think you've got to actually put in the work to get ahead of everybody else at this time of year because you're going to have some days off when you get a knock, when you get a little strain. Things are going to go against you at some stage during the preseason. You've got to get it in the bank right now. So, yeah, get in there early, get your training done early, and if you need to have a day off because all of a sudden you're pulling up a little tight, well, you can at least have a day off knowing you've done the early work. So your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Let's go straight to your calls on the open line for Midday Madness. Uh, James from Ivanhoe. Welcome to you, James. Hey, Dwayne. How are you going? Welcome back. Good. Great to be back. Mate, um, uh, I want to talk about Peter Volandis. When he first started, I thought this bloke's a, he's, he's a raven lunatic. But, my word, uh, what's he done to Sydney Racing? Now, and now he's got the, um, the uh, NRL on the black box tail for America. Um... He's going to leave every other sport behind. He's just been fantastic for whatever he's touched. So he's he's modernised and he fought that he did the modern the modern era. Um, I, I think every other sport's got to look out. Yeah, I agree with you, and I also disagree with you, James. In that, yeah, he's fantastic for the NRL. He's fantastic for racing, and he's done a brilliant job to make Sydney racing equal as uh, spring carnival time as Melbourne racing, and the NRL is a danger that the AFL has to keep stepping up to the plate and bettering all the time. But I think it's great for Australian sport, James. I don't think there's a worry that Melbourne racing is going to be left behind or the AFL is going to be left behind. I think this drags the AFL up and makes the AFL say, OK, we need to keep being progressive. We can't sit back and believe we're going to be the number one sport because as soon as we sit back and rest, it'll get taken away from us. So I think that's the same for Australian racing as well and Victorian racing. I think he's actually made everybody realise that you've got to keep pushing hard at the coalface of Australian sports. So in that regard, I think it's a good thing what Peter Vlandis has done. Yeah, look, I think the AFL has got to listen. Thursday night games, the public wants it. Don't do 14, got to do 20. They're yeah, that's lose, a bizarre they'll one. Lose, they'll lose viewing public. Yeah, but that's the same thing to do... Do you change tradition because you have to? I think you do. 
You have Thursday night football every week. You have a Twilight Grand Final because that's where you're going to get more eyeballs. But so many people don't want change in this sport and in sport in general. No one wanted T20 when that came in. So many experts around me were saying, oh, this won't last, this thing, the hit and giggle. All the experts that are now covering it full-time and it employs them. So, you know, there was a lot of people in cricket, journalists, that didn't think T20 had last. But it was the way to a new future. Golf's doing it. The NBL's done it. But the AFL has sort of not wanted to do it as much. And Peter Vlandis has taken a lot away from Victoria during the Spring Carnival, hasn't he? He's got the, the, the biggest prize money on offer. And there's now people during our Spring Carnival that would prefer to go to the Sydney races than the Melbourne races. Yeah, it does. And look, we don't we don't drive horse and cart anymore. We've got to be progressive, you know. We've got electric yeah. cars now. So you can't stay stuck in the old thing, otherwise you're going to lose everybody. And, uh, and the AFL, they've got a fantastic product, but if they don't move, they're going to get left behind. Yeah, James, have you got a thought on what James had to say? We have to be progressive in the world of AFL, don't we? I mean, this is another warning shot from Peter Vlandis. James, hold the line. Got something for you. You've got a Signet Boost Power Bank valued at $44.95. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. And there's so many echoes of what you've had to say across the world of, well, just about everything. There's a story on the weekend about Kodak, how they said, oh, well, digital cameras won't catch on, as if people are going to stop using film. And then where's Kodak right now? Uh, so, yeah, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We've got a thought on that and the progression of golf and what Peter Flandes has done and... Why in the hell didn't the AFL go with Thursday night footy at least every Thursday night? People want it, and you're going to get more eyeballs on it. Chris and Campbell, well, welcome to you, Chris. Great to have you back. I hope you had a good holiday, Dwayne. It's lovely I did. to speak to you again. Now, um, Dwayne, I wanted to speak to you on two issues. One of them is to do with golf. Did you know, Netherlands, that used to have all the top American players? That's the Netherlands Bank in South Africa where you could watch the animals, and they did a, a segment interspersed with the golf they had all the big stars in the in the old days right up to last year and i watched it on tv this year and i found that there's not the big names there used to be it's not only australia and new zealand being affected um south african golf looks sick to me as as well and the world is becoming smaller too many american tournaments and it is going to europe with um, Saudi Arabia is getting more and more tournaments and also the UAE of course and this is affecting the uh, golf circuit massively and the other one I really wanted to comment on was the draft and it's not about Melbourne wouldn't it have been possible and instead of bothering the Gold Coast and um, calling out about North Melbourne I'll tell you where the draft has gone wrong which Victorian clubs are not telling the truth Number nine pick should never have gone to Essendon. Once they got Mackay, they should have not had Caddy. That is an unfair, one of the wealthiest clubs in Australia is Essendon. And the previous club, Geelong, last year, um, at pick eight when they were able to buy that. I don't mean this disrespect to you and Geelong, but there's real problems uh, with the draft. In my opinion... Um, Caddy is a massive inclusion for Essendon, and when you put it with Mackay, is that fair, Dwayne? I wanted your listeners' views, and to not say they're Essendon supporters or Melbourne supporters, 
But this is where the AFL needs to do something about the points system. It's the wealthy clubs, and in our case, Melbourne, uh, we got it wrong in my view. We should have taken Curtin, or we should have taken... Um, we couldn't get Watson, who they really wanted. But it wasn't a great draft for Melbourne. But, I, but I'm not talking about Melbourne. I'm talking about uh, the clubs where I think it's not fair. What do you think is a fair price? Should North Melbourne have got picked nine? And they, they certainly should have got two picks from the AFL after the first round. I'm not disputing that. And also, I'm not cross with the Gold Coast. It's the right thing to do there. But what's your view on what I've said? Well, I think Essendon... So you think Essendon needed to give up pick 10 to get Mackay. And that would actually... That pick 10 would have gone to North. And then North wouldn't have got pick 3 as a gift for Mackay under the compensation system. You think the compensation shouldn't be the AFL adding a pick at pick 3 or the pick straight after your pick as compensation for losing a Mackay, you should actually get the pick that Essendon, the team that gets Mackay, has to give up. Yes. Uh, they're a millionaire club, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think the millionaire club comes into it. It's just what's right and wrong, Chris. And that system doesn't sound too bad to me either. I mean, if you're going to get compensation, should the compensation come from the team that, uh, that ends up getting your player? And that's the hard part. How do you... I mean, if you're going to have all these things to rule against an Essendon in this situation, uh, you can't give the Gold Coast as much as they've been given either. If you're taking away from the Melbourne-based clubs like Essendon a little bit more because you have to give up more, then you're certainly not going to be able to give as much to the Gold Coast. So everybody wants a little bit. North Melbourne want extra picks. They wanted the compensation of pick three. They wanted a couple of extra picks because they're so bad for so long uh, just after the first round. And everyone wants, I mean, the West Coast wanted more. They didn't get enough, according to them. And now you're complaining that Essendon's got too much. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Essendon hasn't won a final for a while either. So they've been, uh, they might be a rich club, Chris, but they've been out of the finals for a while. Good to talk some footy with you. Uh, keep your calls coming. Speaking of footy, uh, g'day, Dwayne. Have you mentioned the two AFLW games on the weekend? Absolutely brilliant showcases of the game that have everything. Close finishes. Fierce tackling, high marking, and long kicking. Bob in the Linda, and another one here. No AFL prelims on your list of weekend sport, Duano? Yes, there was. I watched both. Happy to talk to you. For some reason, for the last couple of weeks or for eternity, people go and watch the AFLW live. The crowds are pretty good. The crowds are okay, but no one seems to call about it. It's not, we just don't get any calls on Midday Madness about the AFLW. And, you know, the majority of the listeners to this show and to the SCN network, are footy fans. And yet, not many people call about AFL. I watched both games. Saturday night, I think, proved in one way that the AFLW might be different, but some things stay the same as the men. The umpires put the whistle away in the last quarter of that prelim final. There were 20-plus free kicks paid in that prelim final, one in the last quarter. The umpires put the whistle away in the last quarter, and I think it was to the detriment of the spectacle. They didn't pay a couple of free kicks to Brisbane early in the last quarter, and then all of a sudden I think they realised, well, we can't go paying them to Geelong now. So, yeah, what did you think of the AFLW prelims? And Hatchard's mark with three minutes left was a ripper. Loved the two last quarters, loved the games themselves, but uh, I thought the North Melbourne win had a lot more merit than the Brisbane win. Your thoughts on that? 
plenty still to calm you at Dwayne's World, 1300 736 736. It's midday madness for Worklocker Karen Downs and packing them. Unlock stocked and full of value. Work wherefore, wherever you work, visit worklocker.com.au. Straight back to your calls for midday madness. Craig, in Mornington, you want to talk some AFLW, which is great. Welcome to you. Oh, g'day, mate. How you going? Good. Well, what a venue, first of all, Icon Park is for AFLW. Uh, sadly, uh, we saw another Crows loss in Melbourne, but uh, the highlight was definitely uh, the mark by uh, Anne Hatchard, the big screamer in the goal square. It was unbelievable, Craig, and the moment that it happened as well, uh, just the Adelaide Crows were on the ropes, and she flew. Uh, she, it was one of those iconic, I hope they got a good still shot of it, because that could be the promo image for next season, Craig. It was a ripper. Well, I've got the still shot and my son's in the photo uh, behind the goals. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the AFL W Sean Smith moment. Did the flash go off at the right time, Craig? Did it with your son in the background? Yeah, no, I got it off the video off Channel 7, I think it was. So anyway, but still, I've saved the screen, saved the shot. Uh, nice stuff. And uh, Icon Park has become a great venue and it's good to see it redeveloped to the point that it, it now does provide a really comfortable in-Melbourne venue that is boutique and perfect for the product of AFLW. No, it's fantastic. And the service is amazing. And we had lunch at uh, Ligon Street and then went to the footy. Fantastic. Yeah, look, good on you, Craig. I really appreciate you jumping on the line. Uh, who's going to win the grand final next week at Icon? Oh, mate, who cares? To be honest, we're still devastated with the one-point loss. <laughs> uh, what did you make of the torpedo with about a minute to go? Do you think you are a late chance when that went out on the full? Yeah, look, I thought so, but um, look, it was uh, North Melbourne have been unlucky the last couple of years, so it's good to see them make the final. They had good support there, by the way, as well. So you've been involved, you know the Adelaide Footy Club well, Craig. How much is this going to help North Melbourne to have their women's team, if they do win a flag, win a flag in terms of the overall club perspective? Because it's been the women that have been the dominant force of the Adelaide Footy Club for the last six, seven years. Yeah, look, it's been uh, a very long time between drinks. So uh, I think, look, Adelaide need to uh, keep the path they're going. I think it's a good path, good young list. You know, to top four teams last year, I think we lost by a total of uh, seven points. Um, a couple of wins against Brisbane and, um, well, I can't remember, three points, the loss against the two games against Collingwood as well. So just keep the path, a really good young list, and uh, we just got to keep the path. Good on you, Craig. Great to have you call. Hold the line, got something for you. You've got a... An e-gift card, thanks to the House of Golf, redeemable online or in-store, thanks to the House of Golf, your one-stop shop for all things golf. And if you haven't heard the AFLW news, uh, the AFL has announced that Nicole Livingston is finishing up as general manager of women's football at the end of this season. So Livingston joined the AFL in November 2017 and has overseen the growth of the AFLW competition. So they need a new women's football boss. If you've got a suggestion as to who that might be, who it should be, if you know, then by all means, send through a text, 433 1116 or one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Craig, thanks for your call. Grab your call for Midday Matters. Frankie and Beric, thanks for holding. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 is the number. I had a couple of people on the line that uh, haven't been able to hold, but if you jump back on, we'll get you on right now after Frankie. Welcome to you, Frankie. Frankie, my afternoon. Pipe, how you going, mate? Good. Good, mate. Yeah, just want to, just felt obligated to respond to old mate Chris from Camberwell. Now, normally got a bit of time for, for the great man out there. His opinions I normally respect, but on this occasion, Pipe, I think he needs to take the lemons out and 
Queen's have a good cup of Tetley's and uh, take the slippers off and have a good nap because uh, his comments about Essendon is sort of outrageous, really. You know, we saw an opportunity, the great man Dodoro and his hair of para, Matty Rosa. We saw a gap there in the opportunity and we tried it up to get Caddy and a couple of weeks ago, had an opportunity to get Mackay at pick three. So looking after our bookends at each end for the next seven or eight years. So, mate... We just saw an opportunity, and we're going to see the Bombers rise up with those picks, I think. Hopefully so, Frankie. I'd like you to rise up as well. Um, it's interesting, as I mentioned with Chris, everyone wants their little bit. So the Northern Academies, Sydney's been doing well with them for years. Uh, the Gold Coast are finally getting there. Lick of the ice cream now, because uh, after a long, long development period where they haven't been able to make the eight, finally... Finally, things are starting to go right. Kids are playing football on the Gold Coast, and they want to be part of a local team, and Finally, by getting some concessions where they can get a heap of local kids to play for them, they'll start to draw some crowds and win some games. Getting Damien Hardwick's going to be huge. But North Melbourne obviously want their little bit because they've been down for a while. We know that you can't go scrapping the father-son rule now just because Collingwood's had a big, big advantage from it and the Cats have had a big advantage before because Carlton fans don't want that scrap. They've got two Caparelli kids coming. So everyone wants their little bit. And at the moment... You can't be cutting compensation ahead of Essendon finally getting their lick of the ice cream on compensation with Mackay leaving, given how many other teams have got their lick of the ice cream with compensation before. So, uh, yeah, everybody wants their little bit. But that's the reason why the draft first round went out to 29 picks, because everybody wants their little bit. Frankie, appreciate your call. Nice to have you chime in. Jimmy in Richmond, you there, Jimmy? Yeah, g'day, Wayne. Uh, mate, quick shout-out to a great mate of mine. Jerry, I know you listen. Love you, mate. Uh, Essendon, I reckon they'll end up going backwards this year, mate. I think Dodoro's lost his magic touch. I think they're putting a lot of uh, a lot of eggs into one basket with this caddy. I don't think he's going to be as, as great as what people sort of, you know, winding him up to be. Not knocking the kid, but I'm just saying I don't think Essendon will go as far as, uh, you know, as what their, their, their draft hopes and everything have been waged on. Why, why, Jimmy? That list isn't too bad, and a lot of these kids they've banked now over the last four or five years should be starting to kick on a bit now. One thing I see, Wayne, you've just hit the nail on the head. They're kids. They're not built like men anymore. That, that, that just, from, from my eye watching Essendon and their list, they're built like boys. They're not built like men. And a lot of these other clubs, I don't know if their programs are, are, are you know, very different to Essendon, but they've, they've got, you know, they might have the mind of the man, but they've got the body of a boy, and they're just... I don't know. What's going on with their program down there? Well, we did hear that the draft was going to thin out quite a bit beyond pick 10, 11 this year. So by getting in and getting one of those picks that most people thought was going to be a top eight pick, mate, Caddy, um, top eight with all of those Gold Coast uh, players involved as well, pushing it out. Ethan Reid getting taken a pick nine by the Gold Coast because they matched Geelong's bid for him. And Jed Walter was always going to be a, a top two or two, three pick. Um, no, I think Nate Caddy's, you know, from what I'm told, it's got a bit of an upside. But Jimmy, it's just so hard to judge what he's going to be like now. It's impossible to judge him now. You've got to wait two or three years. And that's where we're at with Essendon and a lot of their kids that they've drafted. Time to get your big boy pants on. And that's the essence of it now for Essendon. It's, it's time. And that's where Carlton's at as well. I'm glad that Michael Voss mentioned it today, the fact that they've come back early. Because this is huge, I reckon. Well, your thoughts on this? I mean, this is where I've got it. What is Carlton's pass mark, given Vossi's spoken today in their back? They lost, they lost a prelim final to the Lions at the Gabba. So the next step's got to be the grand final. That's the pass mark 
for Carlton next season, or is it if you're a Carlton fan? Mike and Geelong have come to you in a second. They finished fifth at the end of the home and away, Carlton. Won two finals. So is the grand final as a pass mark too tough, or is it fair? The expectation is pretty high on the Blues. I think Kane's picked them to win the flag already. Seven teams, I reckon, have a pass mark at the grand final this year, so seven ain't going to get into two. Collingwood, Brisbane, Melbourne, the Giants, Sydney, Carlton and Port Adelaide, I reckon, all have a grand final as their pass mark, so they're not all going to get there. So what is? how many teams have, ha- have the grand final as their pass mark, and is that fair for the Blues? I'll take a few of your calls on that as well and a few of your texts. Mike and Geelong, you there, Mike? Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. How are you going? Good. Good. Um, I just want to quickly touch on something I just noticed from the weekend. Um, and I've sort of been keeping an eye on with um, Paddy Mills being at Atlanta at the moment, and he's just not seeing many minutes. And the issue I'm seeing also with him not getting very many minutes is the rest of the sort of the guards that are going to be going into the Olympics next year. And you look at Joe Ingalls, he's not getting many points and not many minutes at um, Orlando, but I just don't know where you sort of look at Giddy as well. He's, apart from what's happened the last couple of days, his stats are down too. So I'm just a bit concerned where they're going to be over the, in 12 months' time with an ageing list but not getting a lot of minutes. Yeah, well, the investigation's going on as we speak, so we won't dive into that area. But the, the, you're right about the boomers having a bit of an evolution period right now. I think you're right. I think they're moving past the Paddy Mills, Joe Ingalls time. There's speculation that Joe Ingalls won't make the squad for Paris, but he's been such a big part of it. Do you take him anyway as backup? He didn't really... His last 12 months haven't been that good. He's been injured and he wasn't able to get a bucket for Australia, you know, when it counted um, in the World Championship. So, yeah, and Paddy Mills needs the ball in his hand less, probably, if he's going to play. And does that mean Giddy has to have it in his hands more often? That's the, that is a big question, Mike. And maybe it's time for, you know, Australia to evolve to the point that, oh, could you, is Bryce Cotton an option for them? Is, is putting in guys like, well, they haven't really wanted to play Mitch Creek, but maybe it's time to give Mitch Creek a look in. Appreciate your call. Mike on it. Thanks for diving into that area. Plenty of diverse stuff today. Back to your calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you've got a thought on Carlton's pass, Mark, uh, give us a buzz as well. Michael Voss has already spoken. We played you a little bit of Michael Voss. And again, I went to a Carlton fan rally on the weekend. Um, yeah, it was fun to be there. There was thousands there at the Carlton fan rally. Might buy a membership off the back of it uh, to the Blues again this year. My daughter already is a fan of the Blues. I've got a Carlton sticker. Well, she's got a Carlton sticker on her car. Um, and even my wife almost got talked in on Saturday night after I went to the Robbie Williams concert, and he must have mentioned Carlton five times. Hi, Energised. Um, there's a there's a there's a real base um, to work off. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we take away out of last year, but probably the most important thing was you know learning how to win um, and win consistently and. And that's something that, as a as a football club, we're still we still haven't got exactly right. Um, you know, the, the main thing for us before we consider anything else is is how do we replicate a really high standard throughout the high, home and away season. And um, the last couple of years, we've been a little bit up and down in that department. Um, so our pre-season focus is about setting that all up for us, really, to be able to give ourselves the best opportunity to be able to do that. Um, yeah, we all know it's not about one game. It's going to be about our, our, our journey over 23, 24 weeks. So, 
um, we have to be ready to go for that and produce a little bit more consistency throughout that period of time. Michael Voss speaking today to the press a couple of hours ago. The Blues are back and some of their players who aren't due back yet are back early to get the extra work in his top two. Is a grand final as a pass mark a little too harsh for Carlton or not? one 736 I reckon there's seven teams with the grand final as their pass mark this year. Collingwood, Brisbane, Melbourne, the Giants, Sydney, Carlton and Port. But your thoughts, his top two a bit too harsh for the Blues. They did finish the home and away fifth, but did win two finals and make it through to the prelim final. Uh, send your text through as well. But it's Talkback Radio. I'd rather have a chat to you. The text machine number for the record is 0433981116. For 40 winks in temper, T-E-M-P-U-R. Mattresses and pillows like no other. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 winks, serious about sleep. Let me read a few texts out. Duano, I feel the grand final is a tough pass. Mark, I would be very happy with the Blues making the top four and giving them a better chance to make the grand final. Up the baggers, Cam from Churnside Park. Uh, thanks for your text, Cam. Uh, Essendon have won one more game than North in the last 10 years, 211 versus 210 games. In that time, North have played in six finals and won two. Essendon have played in two finals and lost both. Essendon are mid-table ordinary and have not had the assistance as North. Jimmy and Chris are just being biased. The Bombers will work their way to the top again just by being a good club again. Ross, thanks for stating your case, Ross, and you state a pretty big case from that text as well. Uh, that caller, Chris, is spot on, so one supporting Chris. He knows his stuff. He's a man of the people without that Victorian bias. Those big Vic clubs like Essendon and Geelong have had a huge unfair advantage. Mark from Sydney. Mark uh, from Sydney. Um, you can put that on the... On the text as well. Thanks for that. Duano, I'm excited about my girls from North Melbourne going to the grand final. Uh, brother, I want to call your show tomorrow and talk about it. From Ram and East Burbank. Well, give us a call tomorrow, Ram. Thanks for that. Uh, another here. To be honest, it's sad, but nobody watches the AFLW on TV. It's just not popular, and that's the sad truth. We need to know why people don't like it and ask the questions, to be honest, and proactive. Well, I've got no idea why people aren't watching it as much as they watch some other women's sport, but, you know, you can tell by the texts and the calls that come through this program. I mean, it's just not as many calls and texts about AFLW as there are for some other sports and some other forms of football, to be honest. Uh, and one here on the party hole. Party hole, value add? Question mark, question mark, please. If that was the footy or the tennis, Jared would be appalled. Well, some sports that are on their knees needed to value add, and Greg and SA is going to talk golf with us in a sec. He's on the line, but some sport needed, sports needed to value add. The NBL was cooked. Basketball in Australia was cooked. But Larry Kesselman came along and said, we need to have a party, the family party atmosphere at every game. And they've done that. And the NBL is back in a big way. Um, T20 reinvented cricket because they added fireworks, the big bash, um, short fire entertainment stuff that kids can keep their concentration for, pools in venues to watch from and... Yeah, so golf's just trying to do the same thing right now. Greg and SA, your thoughts? Talking to you, Greg. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Uh, yeah, just wanted to say, um, start with congratulations to Minwoo Lee. Loved watching the Australian PGA on the weekend. Wasn't traditionally a golf watcher till the last couple of years, but absolutely enjoyed that. He's fantastic to watch. But the one I wanted to say is I took my teenage daughter to the Live Golf last year. Now, this is a girl that doesn't play golf and had no interest. She's come back to me this year and said, Dad, can we go to the live again? 
Yeah. My son's never been to the golf, Greg, but he wants to go as well. So he's mentioned to me, I don't think he's been to a sporting event in, well, not ones that he hasn't played at for years. So he wants to go as well, Greg. It seems like, um, I mean, there's a vibe there. There's a vibe at the F1. You don't have to be an F1 fan to go to the F1. There's a vibe there. You don't have to be a tennis fan even to go to the tennis, Greg, because there's a big vibe there. It's a party. So, yeah, I think that's exactly what's happened with golf, hasn't it? It's changed people's perspective, and now people want to go. My teenage daughter wouldn't have looked twice at a golf event a couple of years ago, and this year she's come and said, Dad, can we please go again? I loved it. So that tells you how much golf has changed. Really appreciate your call. Greg, thanks for jumping on the line. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Thanks for all of your calls and texts so far on the big hour of Midday Matters to come. Mike in Alfington, thanks for holding. Welcome to you, Mike. Hey, good afternoon, Dwayne. Um, thanks for the show. Hey, Dwayne, just wanted to talk about the seven into two as the benchmarks for so many of the teams. I think yep. it's really unfair on the coaches and organisations to actually put that pressure on them so early because, as you know very, very well yourself, the vagaries of the draw... Um, your injuries during the year and how your next run of players are going to perform are all these variables. And I think anything above six is a fair way to steer your side and then take it from there. Because I think when you're at the six mark, you're at a very, very good chance, not forgetting four is best. Mm. But even I think between six and 12 in the the, uh, ladder this year, there was only two games separating them all the way down. And that means so much where the draw is, how many home games you play, travel, all those things are part of it. Yeah, the reason that I would go, well, the reason I've gone with seven would have the grand final as their pass mark is because, well, Collingwood, yeah, okay, well, maybe they aren't, it's, it's tough to go back to back, but they've got the list to win another one. And if they don't make the grand final, I think they'll think they haven't performed as well next year as they performed this year. That's just basic facts. Melbourne, it's been a five or so year build. They, we all believe they've got the list to have won two flags in this era. So if they don't make the grand final, then they're going to have a long, hard look at themselves as well after going out of the finals in straight sets. So they've got to have, I think, the grand final as their pass mark. Brisbane, it's been a five-year build for Brisbane as well, Mike. They probably should have won a flag by now. But, I mean, they've been. this is five years into making this tilt at a grand final. So they don't get back to the grand final at least. Then they haven't passed. And they'd be expecting a... Premiership, probably to call it a path. Port Adelaide have been in this process for oh, how long to make a grand final? Still can't get there. So they've, I think they've got to make a grand final this year, even though you know, Ken will keep his job if they just make finals and finish top six. It just depends on, on where you think Carlton's list's at, Mike. I think they've got a list capable of winning this flag. Do you think that they've got every line covered pretty much like Collingwood did last year or this year, sorry? I think they have, Mike. They still need some improvement, but I think they have. I mean, players aren't champions until you win finals, and last year they won two finals, so I think they've got the opportunity. I think their list is as good as any other team in the comp, maybe outside of Brisbane. So, yeah, great to have your call, though. Always love your company for Dwayne's. Well, thanks for joining me. Love it on a Monday especially. So much to get to, so little time. Your call's another massive hour of Midday Matter, so jump on the open line right now, and we'll get you on. Ash, we're coming to you first. That Warwickia open line number is one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Brought to us by Warwickia. Warwickia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Warwickia, where the customer comes first. We're talking some AFL, some AFLW. Michael Voss has already spoken this morning. Coach of the Blues, Damien Harbuck, coach of the Suns, has spoken as well. We'll play you a little bit of what Damien Harbuck 
has had to say. Richmond fans probably don't want to hear from Damien Harbick, don't want to hear about the new toys. Uh, Richmond fans might throw the toys out of the cot if he keeps going on about how much he's looking forward to the season with the Suns, but we'll hear from Damien Harbick shortly. 2023 Supercars champion Brody Kostecki to join us in about an hour from now. Nick Ahern to talk some more golf. Brett Phillips to talk about the Davis Cup, which was overnight. We lost the final to Italy. A couple of texts on the way to Ash on the road and the rest of your calls. one 736 on the AFLW. The prelim finals were gripping viewing and will help boost the game further. The top clubs are doing it very well. I agree with you on that. I'm surprised you don't have a host of players, officials, ready to interview today. We've asked uh, for a number of players to come on. Uh, hopefully, as the week transpires, we'll have players from both grand final teams coming on. Darren Crocker spoke with Jared Whateley earlier today, the coach of North Melbourne, so play a bit of what Darren Crocker had to say. And uh, Just on the golf and the party hole and reinventing itself, one from Jed, these events are just another excuse to get trashed. Uh, thanks for that. It kind of does have that element to it a bit the party hole, but you, you need to draw fans to your sport somehow. Otherwise, you die. I mean, there's so many sports that have died over well, my lifetime. I mean, sports like squash were popular once upon a time. There was a squash court in every neighbourhood, and you'd be lucky to find one. Now, Ash on the road, welcome to you, Ash. Um, I'm presuming your local squash courts are gone, just like mine. Uh, welcome to you, Ash. Great to have you on. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Um, I just wanted to... I'm, not, I'm a big North fan. I haven't really... I've only really got into the women this year. It's, I've really found that the women are going um, really... They've got some real stars here on their side, and I've really started enjoying the women. But I actually got a bit nervous when they were getting, uh, got very close yesterday, and it was uh, I, I thought I wouldn't get that serious about the women. But, uh, no, it's really grown on me, and I hope they, the girls can go all the way. And I hope it also correlates to the, the men obviously going and watching, and hopefully that gets them the drive to go a bit better in the, in the men's program as well. It should actually reinvigorate the whole club, Ash, shouldn't it, if they're able to win the flag, North Melbourne? Yeah, well, that's what we'd hope. It gets mm. everyone going in the club. Yeah. Hey, great call. Great to have you on. I'm agreeing with you 100%. And the top teams are doing it very well. Not sure about a torp with a minute to go when you have a lead by point uh, that goes out of bounds on the full. I think you'd probably centre it more so and try and waste a bit of time or even try a pass option backwards to try and milk a bit of the clock, but uh, that's the beauty of the AFLW. It's a little unpredictable right now. Speaking of the Blues and pass marks and whether seven teams or not have the pass mark of a grand final this year, your thoughts on that, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We have a Twitter poll up. What should Carlton's pass mark for 2024 be? And the early voting, 200-plus votes so far. Pass mark to make the grand final, 24%. Top four again, as they were this year, 58% were top four after the finals. Fifth going into the finals. Win a final, 12%. Make the finals, 6%. Still got a Signet Boost Power Bank to give away in this hour, valued at $44.95. A Signet Boost Power Bank will get your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. Speaking of North Melbourne, their AFLW and their AFLW coach, Darren Crocker, being on with Jared Whateley earlier on. Here's what he had to say about executing in their tight finish yesterday. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I just heard Khan's uh, talking about that. Uh, that's was what cost us last time against Adelaide over there at uh, Norwood. Uh, we didn't execute uh, in a tight game well uh, with 90 seconds to go. And uh, we went through that. And, uh, we've practised that. You know, we, we practised different scenarios. We practised trying to shut the game down. 
Um, we also practice when we need to to try to score and score quickly. So, but uh, to the uh, players' credit, yesterday they uh, they executed uh, shutting that game down after Hatcher kicked that goal to, to put them within a point, and um, yeah, they executed it really well. Darren Crocker with Gerald Wadley earlier. Ian in Black Rock, welcome to you, Ian. Your thoughts? Oh, nice you got a little bit hear. of golf on your mind? Oh, well, I'm just interested in your opinion, Wayne. Uh, I follow golf pretty closely, and I can't believe that young Cameron Smith's golf will ever reach its heights when he signed up with Greg Norman's uh, second-rate organisation where they have no cut. Everyone gets a fortune to play. Uh, there's no tradition, etc. What do you think, Dwayne? Well, I think Live Golf has given the PGA Tour and golf event organisers around the world a chance to rethink. Money is too big for that to be knocked back by Cameron Smith. So I agree with Cameron Smith taking that money and going and playing there. There's just a tipping point where you just got to say, well, hey, golf's got to move on. We weren't getting enough out of it the way it was being run. Something needed to be done, and I'm jumping with the new regime. So I kind of get that, even though there's the philosophical element to it where you have to jump that hurdle as well. And at least, I'm not in those shoes, so I don't have to jump that hurdle myself. I just have to jump it as a viewer as to whether you're prepared to watch it. And it is so watchable, it's hard not to watch it, Ian. But whether that's going to improve your golf with no cut, whether it's going to improve your golf, Ian, is the big question now with Cameron Smith. Did he just have a bad weekend, or do you think this is going to be to his detriment for the whole 2024 season? Well, I don't think, uh, no matter how bad he was playing, that he should finish nine over in a field that is hardly a world-class field. No matter how bad you're playing, someone with his uh, ability should not finish the way he did. No matter if he's having a bad weekend, he finished almost last in a field where most of them uh, are not on any major tour. So when you say second-rate competitioners live, you, you're meaning in terms of the competitive nature of it, how many great players are in it, and how hard you have to work to actually earn your money. It's, it's a little bit different on the world stage when all the good guys are playing, yeah? Yeah, no, I was actually referring to the actual uh, tournament that was just gone, the PGA. Uh, mm. Not, not the, uh, referring okay. to the actual field in the uh, PGA where most of them are not uh, uh, world-ranked players. Yeah. And he, no. and he finishes almost last. Yeah, Ian, give us a call next Monday after the Australian Open. So Nick Ahern's going to join me after 2 o'clock. We'll have a chat to Nick Ahern about exactly what happened across the weekend. Min Woo Lee's great win, uh, led uh, going to the final round. Had his lead cut to one, if you didn't hear the story. Then the chip in at nine, which extended his lead back to four. He wasn't home just yet after that, but uh, gee, got the crowd going. He's a big TikTok star. He put the chef's hat on to say, come with me, I'm cooking, uh, which is the new tradition for Min Woo Lee. I think the chef's hats are going to be donned everywhere. He plays from now on. He's got the thunderclap going with one hole to play, given his win was almost assured. So there was some quality in it, but not a real deep quality, Ian. Uh, great to have you call. And I think you might be on the money. It's a watch right now as to what Cameron Smith does do next and what kind of 2024 he has. Great to have you call. Hold the line. We've got something for you. As well, not sure if you've called it before, but uh, it's great to have a chat to you. You've got a Signet Boost power bank coming your way, valued at forty-four ninety-five. A Signet Boost power bank will give you phone, 
tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. And if you've got a thought on all of that, by all means, uh, give us a call, one 300 A lot of texts coming through on well, one here from Zerk. Love the Essendon haters. Winning will be sweeter. Sooks, thanks for that as well. Uh, pass mark for the Pies and Ds and Lions is a premiership. Josh from the Sea, thanks for that. Uh, Saints haven't won a flag since 1966. We should get the next five number one picks. That's from Aaron. Yeah, it depends on what kind of history you go back to when it comes to getting help from the AFL. I understand that. Um, Carlton will be all right as long as they don't lapse back into playing that dreadful brand of footy they played early last year. Uh, I don't think they'll make that mistake again, but uh, pressure does strange things, and there's a pressure right now for the Blues to well, replicate top four at least. Um, AFLW, poor spectacle, they can't score, and they fumble. The high marking yesterday was pretty good, I've got to say. So the clean-handed players stand out big time. The two-sided players with the ability to hit a pass target 30 metres away and be able to handball both sides um, 10 or 15 metres is, is simply stunning from some players, but others, they struggle to do it, especially on the wrong side. Uh, one here, AFLW is becoming too much like the men's game. Lock the ball in, build a wall, rubbish football. That's why I stopped watching the game. I'd rather knit. Ethel from Ethelton. Thanks for that, Ethel. The games on the weekend were good, but, yeah, when it did become, well, again, the umpires put the whistle away in the last quarter of the Brisbane-Geelong game, and I didn't like it. It seemed like they copied that from AFL men's, oh, well, tight game, big final, put the whistle away, don't pay a free in the last quarter. And the coaches are the same. I mean, they're all about the look of the game until there's a prelim final on the line, a grand final on the line, and then they, the super floods back. Every player was in a, within a kick of the ball in that final quarter between Geelong and Brisbane, and it didn't look great when that happened. Finally, there was a goal kick, then everyone had to get back into their position. Plenty of calls, plenty of texts coming through. I'll keep reading your texts out. One here, I hope Essendon stay down forever and never win another final. But Essendon supporters can get excited about winning a premiership every year. That's even better. So quite a few coming through on the text, poking it at Essendon. Keep your calls coming. Welcome back to Dwayne's Foot. Always great to have so many of your calls and your texts coming through. Always great to have Australian stars on the rise like Brody Kostecki is right now on this program after winning the Supercar Championship on the weekend. He had it wrapped up heading into yesterday. Uh, it was a race with a bit of carnage yesterday and... It was a thrilling weekend overall. Love the street circuit in Adelaide. That's where I grew up, so I always love the fact that it's back there after a little bit of an absence. Uh, the F1 there was always awesome to go to. And Brody Kostecki and a few others turned it on on the weekend. Welcome to you, Brody. Great to have you on, firstly. Thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, much appreciated. It's, uh, it's an amazing year for you, so let's uh, go back for those who don't know your story. You hadn't won a race at all until the start of this season and you end up winning the championship. It's uh it's been a fantastic rise for you. Yeah, it's definitely been it's 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 been a fantastic rise for myself and, you know, not only just me, my team as well. It's been a you know, it's been a big year for us. You know, we've um, you know, led you know, over ninety percent of the championship on drivers and teams and it's you know, it's been a fantastic year for myself and um yeah, and, and, and my team. So let's talk about your team, Erebus, if you want to start with that before we get stuck into giving you some massive praise. Uh, Betty Clemenko, I don't think you were her first choice. She's been one of the big stars of Australian sport as well. Her story, for those that don't know it, is too long to tell right now. But she is the team owner, essentially, at Erebus. And uh, while she does have a little bit to say every now and then, she does 
let the bosses run the show. Um, how much did she have to say? And you weren't necessarily her first choice, Brody. Yeah, yeah, definitely wasn't. Um, you know, one of her first choices. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it was great to deliver her um, her her first uh, drivers' championship and um, you know, team championship as well. You know, alongside my teammate um, Will Brown, it was a. Yeah, she really didn't have much to say. I think she was a bit lost for words. Um, it's been a, yeah, like I said, it's been a big year for our whole team. And um, I think she was in shock for most of the weekend, to be honest. And, you know, to, to win the championship as, you know, privateers is, um, you know, something that, you know, we're really proud of. She's got a real passion for it, though, Brody. How often does she wander into the pit and uh, just have a little word here and there? Because she loves being in the thick of it. Yeah, she's uh yeah, she doesn't come to too many rounds these days. She um yeah, she prefers to come to the cold rounds, but uh every time she's at the track it's um yeah, it's always a breath of fresh air and she's um yeah, she's always got something um wise to say at the time and um always um you know full of good advice at the right time. So yeah, it's always a pleasure to have her at the garage and it was great to have her here, you know, this weekend to you know, it's you know, for her to witness us, you know, collecting the drivers championship and the team's championship as well. And a smaller team, Erebus, as opposed to some of the bigger boys and girls. Um, how do you fight that fight so well? Yeah, um, yeah, we are small in numbers. You know, some of the teams that we're racing have over, you know, 70 staff. And, and you know, we're, you know, um, you know, just over 20 people, which is just absolutely awesome. So, it's um, yeah, yeah, it's great to take it to those teams. And, you know, this year is, ha- has allowed us to do that with the new, you know, rules and regulations and, you know, the new car coming in. So, it's been a... Yeah, it's been an awesome year for us and um, just goes to show, you know, all the hard work that's you know, has gone in has paid off. So the planets have aligned. So essentially a couple of rookies employed you and Will Brown. Uh, it's worked a treat. I think uh, you've been there a couple. Well, year one, you were told at the end of year one, nappies off, big boy pants on. You're only young yourself, 25 years of age. So uh, they took a gamble on a couple of rookies. Yeah, I think, um, you know, for the start of 2021, I think a lot of the teams thought... Uh, you know, thought that we wouldn't be around for long. You know, um, you know, having having two 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 rookies coming at the same time was you know something that wasn't really heard of at the time. But um, yeah, you know, Will and myself really worked really well together, and um, you know, we um, you know the, the team and 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 us, you know, really built up together, and and um, yeah, yeah, we formed a great partnership, and you know, we've had the same people since day one since I started, which is a you know a big positive, and. Uh, yeah, we're just able to, you know, build that trust and, you know, face in each other and, and, you know, be able to push each other, you know, to the full potential. And supercars have changed a bit. It's not the Ford Holden battle like we used to know. And the Gen 3 era is something new. Some of the older heads don't necessarily love it quite as much, but uh, there is a massive new generation of fan coming through. What's it like, this new era, given this was year one of it and you've just won it? Yeah, it was it was a pretty big year, um, you know, for the sport. It's been a big change, obviously, with Holden Holden not being around anymore. Um, you know, there you know there had to be a bit of a change up in the sport, and um, you know that's just how things go sometimes. But um, yeah, to 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 win with um, you know the Chevrolet Camaro was just awesome, and it's been the first time since the 1970s that that's happened. And uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's you know awesome to see, and you know obviously a lot of the Holden fans carried over. Um, you know, to support Chevrolet and GM. So, um, yeah, we've, it's uh, you know, it was a pretty cool feeling seeing you know so many supporters out there in Adelaide the weekend. There was um, you know, plenty of Coca-Cola T-shirts going around throughout the um, fans, which was awesome to see. And I grew up in a bit of a motorsport racing kind of family. You have two karting, uh, I think a couple of cousins you you karted with for a while, and then grew in that form of racing. I know a couple of people still in karting 
now. A couple of good friends have kids in it. Uh, it's, it's a different world in a way, but it's still the avenue that was um, perfect for you. Yeah, I, I sort of had a, you know, a, a, a bit of a different pathway than most coming up through it. You know, I started in go-karts, which you know, most of us have. Um, you know, at the age of seven, but, you know, um, I moved over to America when I was 12 years old and, you know, lived over there for four and a half years and then, you know, come back to Australia and, and um, you know, built up my career throughout the, the um, Super 2 category and, and um, you know, made my way back through and, um, you know, climbed back into the supercar ladder, you know, which was, you know, you know pretty awesome to do and, and um, you know, co-drove with Erebus in 2020 and, you know, then got the call up to drive full-time in 2021 and, you know, here we are three years later. And you mentioned the U.S. There's a lot of talk about you heading over to race NASCAR in the future at some stage. Yeah, I think um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, looking forward to doing, you know, maybe four or five races next year. And it was, you know, great to have, um, you know, Richard Childress in our garage this weekend. You know, he travelled all the way from North Carolina to, to to come and, you know, watch Team Team Erebus, you know, which was awesome to see. Um, you know, he wanted to come check out Supercars Racing and he's got a close relationship with, um, you know, Barry Ryan and um, everyone at Erebus. So it was, um, you know, great to have them in the garage this weekend. And, you know, I'm uh, looking forward to working with them next year for, for, for a few races. So what's your magic, Brody? They reckon you've got a, a bit of gut instinct that holds you in good stead. What's your magic? Oh, there's no magic to this game. It's all hard work. And, uh, you know, I've got a great team around me that's, you know, believed in me, you know, since the start. And, um, you know, we're pretty on, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're actually all on the young side, um, you know, all on the crew. Uh, you know, our crew chief is, you know, 31 years old. And, and um, yeah, so we're probably the youngest team in pit lane, which is awesome to see and just, you know, shows how much more growth we have in us. And, and you know, I'm excited to, you know, defend the title next year. And before I let you go, we're talking to Brody Kostecki, who won the Repco Supercast Championship on the weekend in Adelaide. It did start, I think it started at Albert Park. That was race one of the season. You had a couple of, we well, had a great weekend there. Was your belief always high or did it take those wins to get your belief up to the point yeah. that you had the confidence. Yeah, you know, I've, I believed in the team since the start. Um, you know, when I first signed on to drive full time in 2021, I, you know, saw the plans in place going in, and you know, the um, infrastructure that was getting built to, you know, prepare for this new era of, you know, Gen 3 cars, and and you know, we, um, you know, really showed showed at the first round when we, you know, when we fired off strong and got the first pole position, um, you know, for the new Gen 3 era, and. Uh, you know, we won some races at, you know, the uh, Australian Grand Prix, which was, you know, just awesome and uh, to take away the Larry Perkins trophy. And, and uh, you know, we had a really strong halfway through the season, which was, you know, really is, you know, what set up our, you know, title hunt. And, um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, you have to believe in it from the start. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And a couple of quick ones on yesterday. Uh, what's the Adelaide Street Circuit like uh, in your mind? Oh, it's one of the best races on the calendar. Um, you know, honestly, I was, you know, really disappointed, you know, a few years ago when it um, got pulled off the calendar. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, um, you know, awesome that it's, you know, it's, you know, back on the calendar. And for it to be back and on the season finale is just, uh, it's just fantastic. And, you know, it was great to see so many fans out there this weekend. And, and um, I'm, you know, pretty pleased the weather held off. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, just fantastic to see so many people out there. And, and um, there was plenty of Coca-Cola racing t-shirts out there as well, which is awesome to see. And was it fun yesterday or you sort of missed time to corner late yesterday that cost you any chance of victory in that race? But uh, was it fun? Yeah, it was a lot of fun this weekend. Obviously, it was, um, you know, there was a lot on the line with the Drivers' Championship and Teams' Championship. And, 
you know, we got two two pole positions, which was awesome. And, um, you know, yeah, we, we didn't quite come away with the race results that we wanted. But, um, you know, we fought hard all year. And, um, you know, we, uh, yeah, yeah, we had a great end to the season. And, um, you know, we look, you know well, we're already looking forward to next season. And the 21-year-old at one, Matthew Payne from New Zealand, uh, he looks like he can drive. Yeah, he can definitely drive. You know, Matty's a good bloke and good kid. He's, um, you know, put in a lot of hard work. And it was, you know, great to see him you know, get his win. It seems like um, Adelaide on Sundays is where, you know, rookies, um, you know, seem to get their first win over the last two years, which is pretty cool to see. But, um, yeah, well, um, yeah, excited to be racing against him next year. He's, you know, really starting to come into his own, um, you know, which is cool to see. And, uh, yeah, excited to be racing him next year. And you sound pretty fresh. You haven't been partying that much. What's the next couple of weeks have for you? Uh, no, I'll actually be honest, I haven't stopped drinking, so that's probably why. <laughs> but, uh um, yeah, sort of wake up early this morning for an interview and, um, yeah, popped a couple of champagnes and, and um, you know, started early. I, I, I think that's the trick to keep going, to be honest. Uh, well, you're doing well on a couple of champagnes having a chat to me. Um, I won't tell you to do it more often, but uh, can't wait to have a chat to you again after a couple of champagnes and a couple of wins. Great to have you, Brody. Congratulations, and uh, it was great watching. It's been great watching your season. Yeah, thank you very much. Brody Kostecki, 20. 23 Repco Supercars champion. Uh, did you watch it? Did you see it? Uh, are you like me? You can just sit there and watch motor racing all day. I think the commentary's got a lot to do with it. Um, I cannot watch sport without listening to the commentary and critiquing the commentary and thinking, what would I say here and what are they doing there? The commentary for the supercars is always magnificent. It, it does add that extra 10% to it. I reckon. Our coverage is always phenomenal. So your thoughts on it? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you'd like to join me. And just a little reminder on the way to the break, if you're having a drink, remember to drink wise and uh, do not uh, have a drink if you drive. Oh, it's great to have your company for Dwayne's Whatever for Midday Madness. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Jump on the line. We'll get back to your calls for a little bit more Midday Madness all the way up to 2 o'clock. Heap of texts I want to get to. Heap of stuff just, uh, well, quite often... There has been uh, uh, questions without notice. Why is it so? Texts come through, and we've been doing that a bit. The why is it so in the last more oh, week and a half since I've been back, um, or even a question without notice. Will you watch Dane Swan's cooking show? Seven Mate and Channel Seven have been able to take the gamble on Dane Swan. So the Brownlow medalist, he played for the biggest club in Australia. Will you watch Dane Swan's cooking show called Taste Buds? Uh, if anyone's show would have been firing long-term, I, I would have thought Bob, Bob Murphy's show. He had that cut-through Bob Murphy that I thought was going to keep him on. And maybe he didn't want to stick in the media. He was great on Fox while he was there, and he was fantastic with SEN whilst he was here as well, but he decided to get back into football land. I'm surprised Nick Rewalt hasn't been offered a cooking show. Will you watch Dane Swan's cooking show on 7, mate? And Channel 7 will no doubt put it on. If it ends up having big ratings, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is a bit of a question without notice, given that a couple of texts, well, one text came through about it earlier. I didn't uh, put it aside. I should have read it out at the time. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. If you've got a thought, okay, a couple of texts that have come through that I did put aside. Um, Adelaide is now party central. Pipe. Just wish we had more squash courts. Uh, thanks for that. Maybe Adelaide did have more squash courts. The ones at Brahma Lodge and few down the road at Alberton as well from my memory. Maybe they're all gone now, but you're right. Adelaide was party central back when the F1 was in town and 
Having the Adelaide 500 back in the street circuit, I think, is huge for Adelaide. So you're right. Uh, with the Adelaide 500 and the Live Golf and Gather Round, maybe Adelaide has become party central and the other states better get with the program. Um, that gent from before needs to pop down to Essendon training. There's a number of boys that have absolutely stacked on muscle and condition after doing their own training in Arizona. That's from Foz. And again, you've got to do the extra. You do the extra or you start pre-season behind everybody else. And it's too hard to catch up over pre-season, I reckon. Uh, grand final, too harsh. A break even for Carlton. Finished fifth, but we're only really two games away from finishing out of the eight. Thanks for that. Um, good afternoon. Just uh, wondering, Drone, when your last show before Chrissy break is going to be? Are you working through this year? Kind regards, Nathan, from Cranbourne. So on this week, all week, for Dwayne's Order, Midday Madness, and then back early in January and doing a bit of cricket in January. So looking forward to being part of SEN's coverage of the Test Cricket. So back very, very early in January. Why is it so? This is the question asked by Professor Julius Sumner Miller, Professor of Physics at the University of Southern California. Consider this stick. Okay, stick. Like a meter stick, like a yardstick. Let us call the stick uniform, homogeneous, and isotropic. How do you like that? I love it. <laughs> now I'm going to support the stick symmetrically on my fingers. See, symmetrically. Equal distances from the ends. And I'm going to push my fingers toward each other. What do you think will happen? Well, to make the story fast, they'll meet in the middle. Watch it. Watch it now. Watch it. Since it is not equally rough everywhere, they move at different rates. But are they not meeting in the middle? They're meeting in the middle. Did you expect that? Yes. So good. Now, try this one. Here I am supporting the stick, not so Professor Julius Sumner Miller, why is it so? We've got a couple of why is it so's coming through. If you've got a why is it so, one 736 jump on the line and we'll take your calls or you can send it through on the text, 0433 uh, Why is it so? The McClellan Trophy is awarded before both seasons have completely finished because a logical thought would have been that Brisbane making both grand finals deserve the McClellan Trophy. Why is it so? Uh, that's a very good why is it so today. Uh, it's because the McClellan Trophy has always been based on the home and away season for the AFL. And it's still based on the home and away season. And Melbourne won the million dollars for the McClellan Trophy this year, even though neither team made it to the grand final. In fact, both teams went out of the finals in straight sets, their AFL team and their AFLW team. So whether the AFL needs to think up a new criteria for the McClellan Trophy or simply stick with it and say that's what we've got, it was double points for the AFLW season as well for the McClellan Trophy, wins and losses. So um, that kind of added to the new formula mix. But that is why is it so. It's been won by Melbourne this year, the million dollars, because it's based on home and away wins not on what you've done in the main season but uh, thanks for your text as well if you've got a why is it so one three hundred seven three six seven three six. i asked the why is it so the dane swan's got a cooking show and will you watch it as opposed to giving nick rewalt one quite a few dane swan has a cooking show really why uh no i definitely will not watch this but another one here top bloke dane unlike the other wokes you mentioned thanks for that so there's someone who'll be watching it whose cooking show would you watch I would watch Sammy Edmonds' cooking show. Thanks for that. Keep your texts coming through, and I'll read a few out. 0433-98-1116. I will be watching Dane, down to earth and real. So there is a popularity out there with Dane Swan, and maybe they will get a big audience for it. 
Uh, definitely, I watch the supercars and I've watched them since the 70s. So, a few supercar fans out there off the back of my question after Brody Kostecki joined us. Uh, Dwayne, Cam Smith, I asked why is it so that Cam Smith um, played so badly, missed the cut. Uh, there's a couple of answers to that. Dwayne, it's because Cam Smith simply had a bad week. He carried enormous pressure playing in Queensland. The Australian PGA and the US PGA Tour have all changed as a result of Live for the Better. The event on the weekend looked more like a live event than the usual Australian tour event. Well done to everyone for bringing golf back to the modern ages. Brett in Adelaide. So it's been a few coming through just saying that uh, they think Cam Smith simply had a bad weekend. Another one here. Dwayne, Cam Smith did have a bad weekend, but he had a bad week, a big week beforehand. Thanks for that, Craig. I didn't know that. Uh, thanks for your text as well. Keep your text coming, 0433981116, or give us a call like Mal in Melbourne has. Welcome to you, Mal. Hey Dwayne, how are you, mate? Listen, Good. It's, it's not a cooking. It's not a cooking show. He owns a lot of, you know, he owns restaurants and owns all sorts of things, bars, and he's going to restaurants to critique them. He's not going to be cooking. He's just going to critique them. So what he thinks of them? So it's a food show, not a cooking show, Mal. Fair enough, it's and it's called. I don't know it's, what it's called yet. It was in the it's called Taste days. Buds is the name of the show, they're telling me. So Taste Buds is what it's called. And he's going to, so he's going to visit restaurants and critique them. So he's going to be um, going in there, ta- tasting their food and what, telling the chefs what they've done right or wrong? Well, no, he just needs an opinion. It'd just be like Dane's opinion. Because, yep. you know, he's such a great suitor. You know what I mean? And, you know, if he chooses the place that he likes, his friends, and as you know, he's done so well with his own life. He's, yep. You know... It'll just be, it'll, it'll be very light-hearted. It'll be very day. You know what I mean? He won't be going there telling them to put more pepper or salt on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he might. So he's got an audience now, obviously. He's got a big following on Twitter and he's got a big online following. So Channel 7, obviously, hoping to tap into that. Yeah, exactly. It'll come on in like a downtime. When, look, you'll watch him. Look, start watching that the Love Island, for God's sake. Well, everything's better watching than Love Island, but I'm with you on that, Mal, in Melbourne. Uh, really appreciate your call. Thanks for explaining why is it so. Why is it so for Flight Centre's big red sale? It's on now with limited time offers on flights, cruises, holidays and tours. Book now to save big at Flight Centre. Their big red sale is on now. And the other couple of why is it so is, well, why is it so that Australia is getting smacked in the T20s? So we won the toss, sent India in overnight. That didn't work. It did with the World Cup final. It didn't work last night. India or smashed us by 44 runs. So India's highest T20 total ever against Australia, four for 235. Uh, Sean Abbott was carded early. Uh, I think India got uh, scored 40 runs off the final 12 balls. Um, why is it so? How good is our second tier? Our T20 best without a few of the key Aussies that would be playing. Dave Warner... While he's fatigued and either that or can't be bothered. So, you know, Matthew Wade made 42 not out. He gave it his best, but we were never a chance chasing that. Why is it so? Is our second tier not quite up to it? We need all our best blokes playing to be able to be competitive in the T20. If you've got an answer to that, why is it so? By all means, jump on the line and explain it to me. We haven't talked a lot of cricket so far today. So, 1300 736 736. And why is Max Verstappen not getting more love? He won again overnight. He not only won the season-ending Abu Dhabi F1 Grand Prix, but he, it's his third world championship now, Max Verstappen, a record 19th win this season. So he broke his own record of wins in a season. So he's just setting record 
after record. Red Bull were pretty dominant. They won 21 of 22 races, I think, Red Bull. And Verstappen, he never crashes. He's, he's clean. He's had a clean season of racing. He completed every lap of the season. So in terms of driving, he's as good as it gets. Um, why isn't Max Verstappen getting more credit? Why isn't there more people talking about Max Verstappen being up there when it comes to the great F1 drivers of all time? Um, Sergio Perez is in the same car, nowhere near as dominant as Max Verstappen. So if you've got an answer for that, why is it so? Or the cricket, why is it so? Jump on the line, we'll take your calls. Damien Harbick will play a bit of his press conference out of two as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. That open line brought to us by Warabikia. Warabikia ordered national car killer car dealer of the year where he where the customer comes first Jeff in Essendon's got an answer for me on Max Verstappen, welcome to you Jeff Yeah, g'day Pipes mate, when you're that good and you're winning 19 or 20 races in, in a in a year, no, no wonder everyone hates you it was like high school days mate when I was playing Jack in the Pack, you know, I used to stand on the pack's head, no one would want to play with me mate So there's a thing of being too good, is there Jeff, if you're too good if you're Novak Djokovic, good. If you're Max Verstappen, good. You're too good to the point that everyone hates you. Well, look at him. You've just people don't like Djokovic just because of the look of the bloke, because he's got that arrogant look about him, right? He's that good. And then you look at a Steve Smith. A lot of people don't like the look of him just because he's that good. And you know, you can, the, the list goes on and on and on and on. You know, they've got that, that arrogant look about them. Because Tiger Woods, another one. People don't like him because he's that good. It was like myself, like I said, mate, in high school, I was flying over the packs, Wayne. I love it, Jeff. That's a good why is it so. People aren't warming to Max Verstappen because he's too damn good. We haven't talked enough about Max Verstappen because he's too damn good. Heath in Adelaide's got a thought. Welcome to you, Heath. Why is it so? Why is it so? Uh, Max Verstappen, he gets penalised nearly every race. Five-second penalties here and there. He's quite happy to bend the rules or break the rules to get in front of people out of the pits and on the truck. Um, I think, yeah, he gets away with a lot. That's why people don't like him. But he's damn good, Heath. He, I, I'm not doubting that he is damn good. He's a very good driver, but he has a real sense of... Uh, it's Max's show. Max's show, yeah. Uh, great to have you call, Heath. Did you go to the Adelaide 500 on the weekend? No, I didn't, but I happened to be working right next to it. I'm waiting straight, and I could hear all the noise um, over the weekend. And, yeah, I watched it on TV... It's great, yeah. I hope we can go next year. Good on you, Heath. Might have to find a prize for Why Is It So if we resurrect it next year, but thanks for all of your answers so far for Why Is It So. <laughs> Midday Madness, rapid fire. You can jump on the line now. We'll get you to air before 2 o'clock. Rapid fire. You've got to be quick if you want to make your point on the way to 2 o'clock for the end of Midday Madness. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 as I race rapid fire through a few texts that have come through. One here. I assume Dane Swan... We're making a lot of pies. Uh, thanks for your text on Dane Swan. Uh, best month Ingalls has had in years, but Mitch Creek has to play. That's in relation to who plays in Paris. Uh, Jono from the Boo says, Winks had the same problems as Verstappen. She also raced around with no hopers. Makes it boring, but they are not uh, game enough to send her overseas. Um, what a joke that circus was. Thanks for that. Um, Pipe, don't forget the Tour Down Under in Adelaide as well. Great sporting event. That's from Grinner. So, yes, Adelaide has the Live Golf. It's got the Adelaide 500. It's got Gather Round. And it's got the Tour Down Under as well. Amongst other things, Adelaide, uh, sorry, Australia don't have any bowlers that can actually swing the ball anymore. And they dropped the only bloke that can swing it, Jason Berendorf, 
for last night's game. So that's a why is it so answer why we were so bad last night. Uh, Verstappen is a good driver, yes, but the car is 90% of why he wins races. F1 is stale when one team dominates a season. That's another reason. Chris, thanks for that as well. Um, how long before the NBL warrants an all-star game? Roll out the old firm, Longley, Gaze, Heal, etc. Would be great to get all those superstars on the court at one time. Uh, the specking in the goal square was good, but play on was absolutely stupid. Louis from Grovedale. I'm glad Anne Hatchard played on. She probably didn't know how long left. There was roughly three minutes left, but she probably thought instead of taking 30 seconds to go back and have my kick, I can save 30 seconds and quickly kick this goal and we've got more time to then fire back again because they still needed to score again another goal to win that game. So I think playing on wasn't such a bad idea. Dwayne, the AFL don't move and be progressive. They invented footy X, taking the game to New Zealand, UK, LA and China over the years. And just they get criticised for any effort they make. Do we also forget they just had a record attendance year? The AFL is obviously doing something right. That's in relation to Peter Vlandes and that caller earlier on today. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Another big hour still to come and the open line is still open. Midday madness done and dusted. We're about to hear from Damien Harwick. In fact, after Damien Harwick has a chat to us, I wouldn't mind hearing from, well, I was going to say AFL supporters. I suppose I'm talking to Richmond supporters. He's just spoken for the first time this year, Damien Harwick, as the Gold Coast Suns coach having taken the team uh, the, to its first pre-season training this morning. So he discussed a few things, including the expectations of 2024 and facing his old club, Richmond, in the opening round. If you're a Richmond fan out there, you're not looking forward to hearing Damien Harbwick's press conferences this year. Are you sick of hearing about the new toys already? You did not mind at the time that he was going to coach the Gold Coast, but are you getting your feathers ruffled? A bit right now because I think it is going to rustle, ruffle feathers, rustle feathers. I think it is going to ruffle feathers a little bit for Richmond supporters during the year if he keeps talking with such a big, genuine, generous smile. And he smoked with a smile today. So your thoughts: one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you want to join me after this break, jump on the line: one three hundred seven three six seven three six. So here's Damien Harbuck. There's a big slab of it talking at his opening preseason training today with the Suns. Um, I've heard a few times this group is as fit as they've been before you even came on board. Are you impressed with what you saw today? Yeah, I am. Look, credibly credit's due. They, they train hard. You know, they came back early. They work together as well. You know, obviously we've got a terrific facility here at Heritage Bank Stadium and they, they come out and they train together, use the facilities, which is important. And I've got no question the weather helps. You can travel anywhere in the world, but if you're coming to sunny Queensland, it makes everyone a hell of a lot happier being here. So um, they're in ripping nick at the moment. I couldn't be happy with the way they've presented themselves for the start of pre-season. And I suppose that helps you get straight into ball work. Is that fair to say as well? Yeah, it does. And look, obviously the expectation was that they were up and ready and, you know, Alex Rigby and his staff did a terrific job allowing the program, the flexibility to get us up and going early. So I'm pumped with the, the way the boys have returned. And like we said, with the New Balance shoes on, they had a great return to... For their, for their running profile, so we're really excited about what we can achieve over the course of this short pre-season. Do you think they grasped your system already on day one or what? I'll take some time. It will be a little bit clunky at start, but you know I was really happy with, with what we saw today. You know, their endeavours certainly there. The understanding and execution will come. You know, they're trying to 
it always happens when a new system comes in there they probably overthink at the start so it is a little bit clunky but once they start to understand how the concepts and how those concepts link concepts link together they're going to become a lot more fluent as the season goes on what was your response to i'm going to ask you getting richmond first up i mean that that's a, almost like a dream draw for everybody oh, tigers game, but, but your response to that oh, i think it's great you know I, I think it's a it's a great idea and i think andrew dillon's come in with a bomb you know i think once again the the more we can promote the northern states and bring the game here you know the participation rate in queensland is leading the country which is awesome and we want to make sure we encourage that you know we've got four homegrown kids that we've brought into our footy club which is this year which is incredibly exciting and we can't wait to show those kids off and you know hopefully some of those kids are putting their hand up to play against richmond so look it's a great game richmond always you know incredible club you know obviously was honored to be a part of it but you know we can't wait to see them on our home deck and hopefully we uh, we get the win a lot of chat about those kids and your access to them through the academy. So you had a little little clip on Twitter last week. What's your response to the chat, from, particularly from down south? Well, I think it's just a celebration. Look, these four kids mightn't be in the AFL system without the academy. And the investment, you know, under, under Jared Cotton and his team is incredible. The amount of time and effort they put into it. And to be honest, it caught me by surprise how much work goes into it. And then to have four kids that have primarily grown up here to play our great game is incredibly important to the success of the AFL in general. So, um, look, I know there's always going to be people that will, will try and bring it down, but for the greater good of the game, it's incredible and an, an incredibly important part of the game moving forward as well. And, you know, I'm really excited about those four players and, and getting to show the, you know, the greater Australian population what these kids can do. Do you think you might have said that as a Richmond coach, or is that something you can only grasp when you're up here? Oh, look, I think... I understand what you're saying, but I think for the for the greater good of the game, to grow the game, if we want this sport, which it is in my opinion, to be the greatest sport within Australia, we've got to continue to grow it in the northern markets, no question. But it's probably long odds that we'd have four play in round one. <laughs> what odds do you give them to four meet everyone? What are you prepared to give me? <laughs> Oh, look, it's it's hard to say. Look, we've had one session sort of thing, and the guys are coming off. You know, some, some guys are having a limited preparation. Jed and, um, you know, Jake are probably a little bit further back at this stage with injury. But for our point of view, we won't put a ceiling on those guys. If they put their hand up in their best 22, they're in their best 22, they play. So what I will say is they've all got incredible talent. You know, we're very lucky to have those guys come to our footy club and make our footy club better. What are the key tenants that you need to do here at the Suns to get the side into a final situation. In 13 years of not making the finals, what, what are the keys to turning it around? Oh, look, there, there's a lot of things, and it's funny. Look, we're always measured by by the ladder, and that, that is ideal. It's the outcome, obviously. So, but there's a lot of things that we do within the process of winning that we do really, really well here. You know, Stuart Jew and his team did a terrific job with the contest and defensive elements of the game plan. Probably offensively, we can work some things that we can do a little bit better. But primarily, I reckon most of the things that we've got are already here and in place. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can achieve this year. Once again, we're like every other side. Seven other sides sit there where they want to challenge for, you know, they want to make finals and they want to challenge for premierships. We're no different. Is it the big moments in games too? I mean, we know that that that's often separates teams that miss out on the the top eight and the teams that don't is that, is that a key absolutely and it's playing those moments as well and you know those moments are going to come and they've come for us in the past and they'll come for us in the future um, all we can do is educate the players as best we can you know learn from our, our our missed opportunities but more importantly grasp those opportunities when they come so we're really looking forward to training some of those concepts within our training sessions but more importantly carrying them out in games aside from the the four draftees that you got the academy boys you didn't make a lot of um, this changes in the off season 
Um, are you in a hurry to make progress this year, or are you sort of sitting back and seeing what you've got at your disposal? No, I think we're always in a hurry to make progress. Like we're, as I said previously, 17 other sides. Our aim is to make finals and challenge for challenge for premierships. And you know, with the side that we've got, we certainly think that's attainable. We've got some things that we've got to get better at, no question. But there's some things that this side already does really, really well. So, you know, we've got some young talent that we've brought in, but we've got some established talent, talent, sorry, that I look at in their first class. So, I'm really looking forward to myself and the coaching group be able to get our hands on them and mould them into the way that we wanted the Suns to play. Have you been, you know, you signed up? You know, you did, they chased you over in Europe and stuff. But... <laughs> From that moment to what you're experiencing now, have you been have you been surprised, or are you above expectations of what you, what you're seeing and what you're even the lifestyle here, what the whole package? How's it going for you? Yeah, it's hard not to love Queensland when you wake up every day. What will I wear? Yep, shorts and t-shirts. Got it. Pretty easy sort of thing. But but primarily, I've just loved the people up here. Like you know, the, the people within the footy club are, are driven. Um, you know, they're incredibly friendly, and they just want to make sure that we put the Suns in the best possible light to get us. You know, as the best sporting organisation within Queensland. Not only Queensland, but hopefully the, the greater AFL. So, but, you know, that's our challenge and that's what we're setting out to achieve. We don't shy from that, but more importantly, I certainly believe and firmly believe that we've got the people in place to do that. Damien Harbick, so your thoughts on that? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. There was a lot of love there. Hard not to love Queensland when you wake up every day wearing shorts and T-shirt. Uh, the boys are fit, so they've come back fit and raring to go. Um, they're really looking forward to what we can achieve. Uh, couldn't be happier. I'm pumped. Uh, he also said it's great facing the old team, Richmond, round one. He said he's really excited about um, the, uh, the the prospects of what they can achieve this year. Um, Gold Coast, biggest kid participation rate in Australia and said that the academy concessions were good for the greater good of the game. Your thoughts on all of that? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. They might be about to fire the Gold Coast, and I think most Richmond fans will be happy if they fired, but would you be happy if they finish above Richmond? Back for your calls and your texts after the break. You're at Dwayne's World, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 In fact, Janine is on the line. Welcome to you, Janine. Welcome to the program. Great to have you Hi, on. Hi, Dwayne. Great to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. Great to chat to you. Yeah, look, um, as long as Gold Coast don't beat Richmond, I don't, I don't, it doesn't bother me. You know, coaches, coaches and players move on, Dwayne. No one at Richmond can complain what Damien did for our club, you know, over the last, um, you know, five, six, seven years. So no complaints from me, but as long as they don't beat us, that's, that's the only thing. That's the critical one, though, Janine. What did they do? Will you turn on him? No. No, not at all. No. No, I mean, look, we're, we're, I, hope we're not, I hope we're not in a rebuilding phase. Just, um, um, I don't know what you call it, Dwayne. Um, <laughs> no, I think not it's a rebuilding, phase, but maybe retwigging, re yeah. yeah, just um, but yeah, no. Look, I, he's a career coach, and he did everything he could at Richmond. And you know, I don't think as a Richmond supporter and member, I can complain. So, you know what? Good luck to him, and good luck to them. And yeah, we'll see how we go. Hey, <laughs> nice call, Janine. Always great to have you on. Uh, call more often, Connor in Fitzroy. You there, Connor? Yes, Dwayne. Um, Look, I think if the Richmond are going to, if their feathers are going to get ruffled by um, this Damien Hardwick, he's a new coach entering a new job. I think he's got the right to be happy. Um, and if, if Richmond uh, feathers are going to get ruffled, uh, they, they can get ruffled. There's no problem with that. But uh, I wanted to mention, Stuart Jew, um, Gold Coast, when they sacked Stuart Jew last year, 
um, the, the club's never finished higher than 12th on the ladder. And at the time when they pulled the pin on him, that was, I think, 13th. Um, if there's anyone that deserves a job or a second crack at coaching, uh, there's, there's no one that deserves that more than Stuart Jew. Um, I think he was extremely hard done by. And I don't know, the, the part that I don't understand, look, Damien Hardwick, he's going to be great at Gold Coast. Credit to him for picking him up. But um, I don't know why they had to do it. Uh, six games to go in the season. Stuart Jew could have seed out the year. And um, they might have made their first finals appearance under Stuart Jew. And, um, you know, I know they probably wanted to secure Damien Hardwick, but if Stuju was going to go all the way and, and, and tick off that first finals appearance, well, credit to him, and they could have kept him on. I, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I couldn't make sense of the, the sacking at the time. Well, Connor, I, I don't think the Gold Coast were going to make finals, and there was no real tangible improvement, I don't think. It was the same old story. Half a good season, fallen off the perch, promised so much, delivered pretty much little, and they had to quickly get on the front foot and be first in the queue for Damien Harbuck. So they had to make a move. Damien Harbuck was never going to speak to them, probably if his mate Stuart Jew was still coaching. So they had to make the cut and then quickly get onto Damien Harbuck straight away. So they made the cut, got onto Harbuck, and they got their man before someone else went and got that man. There might have been some other... Look, some players, some teams who've kept their coaches might have been in the queue to change coaches if Damien Harbuck was still available. But he was snapped up by the Gold Coast and he was pretty much straight away unavailable and they some of them might have kept their old coach because of it. They played their cards pretty right, I reckon, the Gold Coast. They got the right man. Appreciate your call, though, Connor. Good to have the chat. Sam and Calcalo, are you there, Sam? Hey, Dwayne. Welcome back. It's nice. To have, I haven't called in for a while, but you welcome back. How was your, how was your break? Damn good, Sam. Absolutely loved it. And uh, <laughs> I'll probably be going back. Uh, that's how good... I thought Italy was, but uh, got a bit of footy and cricket and this show to do in the meantime, uh, and it'll be just as much fun. Love midday madness. So nice to be back this week for one final week for the year. Amazing, amazing. I was just calling back. I said I have a lot of respect for Damien Watt. Damien uh, Hardwick leaving Richmond. As you know, I'm a mad Richmond supporter. I'm actually not sad or uh, about it, the situation. I think it was a good move that he actually opened up his heart and was honest about going somewhere else, he needed to change. It looked pretty stale back at the Tigerland where the system was, I think, expired, his system of way of playing. And it's just good to see him go to another club where he could do some brilliance up there as well. I personally reckon they won't be in the finals the next three, four years. There'll be a lot of work. They're a good team, but there's a lot of difference from a good team to a superior team that's actually so efficient with being A-class players in every position on the field. What do you reckon about that? And what else can you tell me about Tigerland? I haven't heard any new gossip. Have you heard anything? Well, no one knows how good a coach Adam is going to be. Can he have a Craig McRae kind of first season? Well, every Richmond fan hopes so, Sam. And if he does, then Richmond's not out of the running. The list is still pretty good, but you need a fit Tom Lynch and you need to make sure you don't get many in- injuries. So it's the overall program that's going to be the thing under some pressure. Sam, but injury-free at your best. A first year like Craig McRae had at Collingwood, maybe there's a chance. Yeah, perfect. I agree. I agree with you. But Adam, you say coming 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 away from a team that's uh, been up there in the finals for the next last three, four years, or even more now. So um, there's a lot of experience of Uze coming through as well. So as long as they all gel with the players together, Wayne. Um, mm. 
and they reconnect in a beautiful way where a lot of respect and they respect him and and from where from where he's coming from and um and then he's going to gel with all the players and like you said uh not much injuries uh, that that destroyed us last year the injuries absolutely we we played with no forward no no this no mid you know what i mean and poor Tarrant yeah. copped everything in the in the midfield by himself yeah uh, gibkiss there's a whole heap of them sam hey great to have you call now hachi has promised me that the Dwayne's Wood t-shirts are not too far away from being uh, printed up. Uh, he does have a bit on his plate, Hutchie, at the moment, so uh, the Dwayne's Wood t-shirts are not necessarily his priority. He had to get the um, Melbourne Mavericks merchandise sorted first, and that's now available on the SEM website, the Melbourne Mavericks merch. So hopefully the Dwayne's Wood merch might be available by the end of this week. And when we get them, Sam... Give us your details, leave your number, and we'll get one up to you in Cal Calo. Sam, thanks for your call. Plenty still to come. Back to your calls. Back to your texts. Read a heap of the texts out as well. Uh, one here. Going to be very funny when the Gold Coast under Dimmer beat the Tigers at Marvel. Tim in Mansfield. Uh, keep your texts coming on. Damien Harbick. He can go for a walk on the Gold Coast beach without being recognised. Uh, in fact, people would be more interested in his pooch. Thanks for that as well. Um, I'm sick of hearing from Damien Harbick full stop. He's happy when things work for him, but he's a sook when they don't. Uh, also uses the word incredible too much as well as the reality is. Uh, we all have a few words we probably use too much and annoy the hell out of people, but uh, I might talk about... Well, my daughter told me that that's called an ick. Uh, I had that discussion with her on the weekend as to the word ick. Uh, something that annoys you. It's not that big. It's not a... A hangable offence, but uh, it's something that annoys you. It's called an ick. Now, maybe that's an ick with Damien Harbick for a few people. Got a few texts coming through. Dwayne, delusional November Tiger talk. Don't underestimate Cochin and Jack leaving. They're going to be way down next year. Uh, Matt in Brisbane, thanks for that. Uh, another here. As a Richmond fan, Dwayne, I feel for Demi. He's going to be very sad when he realises the new toys aren't as good as the old ones. And we win the flag under... The great man, Uze, this season. Uh, high expectations there. Uh, quite a few coming through on the hype level overall. One here, too much hype. Pipe, are we the Blues and the Bombers? It's only November. Yeah, well, it's never not footy season, really, is it? It's tennis season, or well, it has been. Brett Phillips has been good enough to join us. The Australian Open, not far away. And plenty to talk about tonight on the first serve, 8pm tonight across the SEN Network. And our tennis guru joins us from a cafe, coffee, catch-up, barista-made, ice-cold, drive-through for your iced coffee favourites at McCafe. We were so close and yet so far, Brett, in the Davis Cup. Welcome to you. Yes, runner-up, uh, Dwayne. Bridesmaid for the second year. And look, a great effort to get there in uh, this uh, format of the Davis Cup. But, you know, we're up against one of the best players in the world today, Yannick Sinner. And, you know, the, the player occupying the, the number two uh, spot in singles was always going to be uh, so crucial to Australia winning the Davis Cup. If we think back to, you know, we played the Czech Republic in the quarterfinal, we went with Jordan Thompson, he lost, so Leighton Hewitt throws in Alexi Popperin, who did a great job to uh, win his singles against Finland. That was the first time he'd ever won a live singles rubber, so Leighton sticks with Alexi. Today he's up against this young Italian, uh, Matteo Almaldi, who's had a huge ranking spot this year. They are blessed with uh, depth. When you think Berrettini and Musetti, two much higher-ranked players who have reached bigger stages, uh, weren't selected uh, today. They went with Almaldi. So this was going to determine the tie. And Popperin certainly had his chances. That would have got Australia off to a flyer, even if Demonor, as expected, was going to lose to Sinner. 
uh, we could back in the doubles with Purcell and Ebdom as a real sure bet. But yeah, Popper not getting it done uh, today. Exposed Alex. He came out charging, trying to beat Sinner for the first time. Uh, Yannick had come off beating Novak Djokovic only 24 hours earlier and just a mighty effort for the second time this year. And, you know, he once he uh, got himself into the match, I mean, it just went... Uh, very, very quickly, you know, 6-3 and then, you know, a 6 love second set. We don't see that with Alex uh, in his matches. So we've got a good team. We've got a team that's got great camaraderie. Uh, everyone was there, even, you know, some of our Aussie men inside the top 100 who didn't play in the tie were there, Kubler and Hitchy Carter and Kokonakis, all there supporting. And, yeah, Italy too good. I mean, they are, you know, producing some fine tennis players. It used to be the women, now it's the men. They've got some real depth. I mean, we've had 10 different winners of the Davis Cup in the last decade. Italy said at their press conference today, we're about to change that. We want to change it. Uh, this is not just a one-year thing. They want to really commit to this team competition. So first time in 47 years, I think the second time mm. only, Italy won the Davis Cup. And Yannick Sinner overpowering Novak Djokovic was arguably the moment of this David Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, well, a couple of times, if you think back even to the group stage, Italy were on the ropes. They played in Bologna and they were close to being knocked out. And then, you know, they were, what, a game, a point away from being uh, knocked out in the semi final. So, yeah, Sinner played a great match. He is the real deal, this young man. We've talked about him a lot, Dwayne, as you know. And, you know, four in the world uh, next year might be his real opportunity at the Grand Slams. I mean, he made the semis of Wimbledon this year. He made all the quarters previously. You feel like in 2024, he's ready to make at least a Grand Slam final. And, and that's the big question, isn't it? I mean, Djokovic has won seven of the last uh, 12, and he's been in nine of the last 12 finals. So who are the guys that can step up? And he's one of them, Elkarez, uh, Sinner, Runa. Um, ben Shelton and probably you throw in a Sebastian Corder who had some injuries this year but is a freakish talent. Now can these guys really rise now and start to make it to major finals and see Novak who's going to turn 37 uh, during mm. the French Open next year you know, pip him in a quarter final, beat him in a semi-final, that's the big challenge. So our Australian tennis, uh, summer of tennis not far away from starting, when does it start Brett? Um, and uh, I think we've got the Newcomb medal being announced in a couple of weeks as well to kind of kick it all off. Who wins that? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I hadn't thought too much of it um, until you probably brought it up. It's, it's you know based on a few things. It's not you know a three-two-one voting uh, right throughout the year. It's uh, based on performance and character, and a whole heap of criteria goes into it. I mean, right now you'd have to say. Gee, Storm Hunter elevating herself to world number one doubles uh, puts her right into contention as a worthy candidate. That's a, that's a huge uh, feat. And the fact that Demonor's on the cusp of the top 10, I'm sure he'll be one of the leading uh, nominees. And, you know, we've obviously had some Australian men, you know, get inside the top 50, which is a big accomplishment this year. But, yeah, I, I feel like they might lean towards uh, Storm. It's a huge achievement for her to make uh, you know, world number one double. So, yeah, that's a crown. A couple of weeks' time. Tennis will start with the United Cup, 29th of December, uh, just after Christmas. So we'll have a look at that across the two venues, Brisbane and Adelaide uh, to follow. We're in Hobart. We've got tournaments in Canberra and then leading into the Sunday start of the Australian Open. And, yeah, the great news, Dwayne, we're going to be back with you know ball-by-ball commentary, all the night sessions, selected day sessions as well. So... Yeah, looking forward to being in the nice little cosy bunker down at RLA. Can't get a better spot to watch tennis and can't get a better spot to listen to tennis than SEN. Hey, Brett, great to have you. 
On tonight, by the way, at 8pm, if you want more tennis, I'll talk more about the Davis Cup final and everything coming up in our Australian Summer of Tennis. Brett Phillips, host of the First Serve, 8pm tonight. We'll be listening. Brett, thanks for your time. Good man. Thank you, Dwayne. Talk soon. Brett Phillips joining us from a cafe coffee catch-up. Barista made ice cold drive-through for your iced coffee. Favourites at McCafe. Still a bit to come. We'll talk some golf. Lost in the wash time. If you've got a lost in the wash, send it through on the text. Uh, Nick Ahern's about to join us to talk some golf. We don't want that to get lost in the wash, given how good it was by Win Woo Lee. Min Woo Lee and his older sister, Min Ji Lee, could actually start the favourites in the two tournaments coming up this weekend. So uh, what a weekend that would be if they were to both win this coming weekend. That would be a moment in Australian sport. But a couple of lost in the wash uh, updates as well for you. If you don't want to know the NFL scores, I haven't given you NFL scores today, but uh, here's the update on a couple of those. The Chiefs won today, came from behind, winning 31 to Las Vegas 17. Philly came from behind as well at home to beat the Bills in overtime 37 to 34. A few of the other scores today. Uh, well, New York Jets uh, went down 34 to 13 against Miami. Green Bay 29, Detroit 22. Falcons 24 beat the Saints 15. Jags 24 beat the Texans 21. Colts 27 beat Tampa Bay 20. Uh, the Giants beat New England 10-7. Titans 17 to the Panthers 10. And the Steelers beat the Bengals 16 to 10. Haven't mentioned the MotoGP as well. That deserves a little bit of a mention given that it normally does get a mention on this program. So uh, if you haven't heard, the Valencia Grand Prix overnight, Checo Bagnaia won the MotoGP World Championship. It's back-to-back for him on his Ducati, so a big win there by Checo Bagnaia, and uh, that needs to be celebrated a bit. And if you haven't heard, the honeymoon's probably over for Ange Postacoglu, so Tottenham, well, they led 1-0 against Aston Villa, dominated the first half at home, and then ended up losing 2-1 to Aston Villa, who are going okay, by the way. They now sit fifth uh, Tottenham with Man City to come, so it only gets harder for Ange Postacoglu. Uh, if you haven't seen any of the EPL overnight, check out the Alejandro Ganacci scissor kick into the corner highlight from the Man U Everton win by Man U 3-0. That's the one to catch if you're going to catch any of the highlights from the EPL. Are you not entertained? Look at Minwoo Taps in for a win to remember. He's a special talent. Min Woo Lee, for the first time, is the 40-net Australian PGA champion. Welcome back to Dwayne's World. Always great to have your company. Min Woo Lee's win at the Australian PGA Championship was the sports celebration moment of the weekend. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Tobin Brothers, a family-owned business since 1934. And a man who finished sixth at the US Open, Nick Ahern, Australian gun, has been good enough to join us to uh, have a little chat about the weekend of golf, which was a ripper. Min Woo Lee's win. Nick uh, has golf on everyone's tongue, which is great in Australia. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, great to chat, Wayne. Um, Min Woo Lee, he was just an absolute superstar uh, all week last week, really set the tone early and, and carried it on. He had to play with Adam Scott, you know, it was kind of his idol on the Saturday. And, and Scotty, uh, surprisingly, didn't really kick on. And Min Woo did and opened up a nice gap. And then and then yesterday was, was an incredible day where he was uh, three shots clear of the Japanese player 
posh, you know, and then after two holes, all of a sudden they were tired and everyone's thinking, hang on, this isn't in the script. So he uh, he did it beautifully on that front line with a few birdies and the chip in on nine and to come home how he did and sort of cruise to victory in front of his home fans. He's, he's certainly a superstar, this young man. And no ordinary chip in on nine as well. I think that uh, pushed his lead out to four, even though he wasn't home at that stage. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good 50, 60-metre chip. It was, yeah. He played a couple of beauties from that distance uh, all over the weekend. And uh, Hoshino was actually on the path high green in two, and Min Wu was out of position. And really, I thought he'd probably be do well to you know make a birdie. Um, but Pa was sort of on the cars, and you're thinking Hoshino's going to pick up one, maybe two strokes here. And then all of a sudden, he chips in. And, and that was almost the tournament, I guess, in a nutshell. The, the Japanese player really hung on well in the back nine. But um, you could just see that... That was the that was the switch that really uh, turned the tournament around for Lee, and um, and it was cruising home to victory, which was awesome. Um, it was a little sad for the local fans because uh, Cameron Smith, you know, just had a really ordinary first two days, so uh, he wasn't there on the weekend. But he was there signing autographs and um, hitting balls and practicing. But unfortunately, not out on the golf course where he probably should be. So what's happened to Cam? Was it just a bad weekend at the office? Uh, do you think he'll bounce back this weekend, the Australian Open? this weekend, and it, uh, it should be a ripper given that I think Min Woo Lee will be one of the favourites to win the men's side of it, and Min Ji Lee might be one of the favourites to win the women's. Yeah, we might get a history in the making, I have a feeling, this week with Min Ji, uh, obvious favourite, and then now Min Woo probably is the favourite, I would say, probably ahead of Cam Smith after his performance uh, last weekend. Yeah, I think it was just one of those weeks for him. Um, he, he won, uh, sorry, didn't win. He, uh, he finished runner-up in Hong Kong a couple of weeks ago on the Asian Tour. So the form is definitely there. I, it's just one of those things where uh, it didn't click for him and you could see he was just forcing it a little bit on the Friday trying to get back in the tournament. And unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. Uh, he gave it his all, but I'm sure he'll just fine-tune a couple of things and he'll be right back there again uh, this week. And hopefully, you know, hopefully wouldn't it be something to see Min Woo and Smith and... Um, Scotty and, and Leash all in the mix again uh, come this weekend. Which is the essence of it, really. Nick, you and I spoke just before uh, we came on air together that the to have Aussies superstars on the world stage playing here in Australia, I, I'm not you know being critical of those that haven't come home in recent years, but it is good to have the big galleries able to see these guys, almost touch them. I mean, Minwoo's got some great showmanship and some charisma as well to go with it, as has Cam. So this is great for Australian golf to have them on our on our land. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and these guys have always supported uh, Australian golf. They always come back year after year. And then same on the women's side. I mean, uh, Minwoo, uh, sorry, Minji Lee and Hannah Green and now Grace Kim, who won this year on the LPGA Tour, they're all going to be there as well playing this week in Sydney. So Australian golf is in great hands and they've got a very, very close-knit unit on both the men's and the women's tour at the top level. They're all good friends, and I think they all get along well. Obviously, you know, the Live Golf put a bit of a divide in everything going forward, but, uh, you know, nothing's changed with uh, Cam and, and Leash. They're still the same blokes. so just probably got bigger bank accounts these days. <laughs> <laughs> and Live has changed a few things. Golf now, this is golf's almost T20 big bash cricket kind of era. Now they've brought in the... Well, they've got the party holes and they've got that uh, celebration around golf. It's not just all be quiet and go about your business and uh, you can hear a pin drop. It's, I mean, for Minwoo Lee to be doing the Viking thunderclap and wearing a chef's hat to get some things cooking and his fans, this is a different world now. 
Yeah, it certainly is. I think he's probably one of the first uh, of, a, of this, uh, what do they call it, like the TikTok era, I guess, hmm. or the social media era where uh, where these young players now are, you know, are very much exposed on social media and they, and they love the attention in a way. And I think Min- Minwoo's at the top of that list. He loves it. And his uh, little catchphrase is, let him cook. You know, he's in the kitchen cooking away. And uh, what he did on the party hole yesterday was something... Pretty special, actually. He did it on the Saturday as well with the uh, with the Viking clap. That was a lot of fun. But to get the hat out and, um, you know, he had a three or four shot lead at that stage. So uh, it was fair enough. It was a bit similar in a way to uh, Jed Morgan a couple of years ago when, you know, when he went, ran away with the tournament by nine or ten strokes. So back nine, I mean, it was just party mode. And uh, I think it's a bit of fun for everyone here in Australia. And we saw, I guess, with the golf event uh, in Adelaide last year, oh, sorry, this year, the in, uh, with, with Liv and all those players coming down, how you can have a bit of fun and still get some good golf in. Yeah, so the, do you think, well, the Viking clap is okay when you're maybe three or four in front, but to do that on the way to the 18th tee is when you've got the lead and, you know, in some ways it's the biggest moment of your life. Uh, it takes some ticker. Well, yeah, he knew he had it in the bag. I mean, he's not yep. going to do it. I'd say if he had a one-shot lead, <laughs> well, he had three or four at the time, so uh, he was having a bit of fun with it. And um, and uh, I think he was just showing his love and support for the crowd that came out and, uh, and followed him all week. So do you think golf is, is going to get a spike in Australia now? What's Min Woo's chances of doing on the world stage? What his older sister's been doing for a couple of years now, but really parlaying this into a massive 2024? Yeah, I think it's going to be big for him. He got a fully exempt card now for the 2024 season. He uh, made enough money this past year on the PGA Tour as he was on like a special temporary exemption or something like that. So he, uh, he's he got a full schedule ahead of him this year and he's played a lot of those events over there now. So he'll be familiar with the golf courses, what to expect when you arrive in each city. That's one of the biggest parts about being a pro golfer really is week in, week out. You've got to adapt to the conditions because they vary every week. So... Uh, the first year is always the hardest of playing on any tour, and I think uh, he's gotten past that, obviously, now uh, in the U.S. He had a great result at the U.S. Open, tied for fifth. So uh, I can see him potentially winning one or maybe even two events next year and certainly a major in the future. And the Olympics, how much cut through do you think uh, is that going to have in Australia and in golf in general? Yeah, well, I think that's a big thing on, I'm sure, Min, Min Woo's uh, uh, mind as well. I know it's on Cam Smith's mind. He, he loves representing his country uh, uh, at the Olympics. I think Jason Day might even be in the mix at the moment, but I'm not sure that's high on his agenda. He tends to love to stay home a bit more, and that's sort of, uh, you know, his family's very much embedded there in the US. So uh, it'll be good to see Cam and Min Woo go at it. And, and you know, if Lee can somewhere house sneak in there, but I, I think with his world ranking and everything these days, it's pretty hard for him to uh, to be able to do it. But uh, it'll be a fun Olympics, that's for sure. I'm looking forward to that one. And before I let you go, who else is coming? Uh, what other internationals are coming for the Australian Open? Well, I think, you know, we're going to see a couple of the ones that were down here uh, earlier. You had uh, Joaquin Neiman, who played really well this past week uh, at the PGA. Uh, Bobby McIntyre, who was the Scottish star, who uh, at the Ryder Cup, uh, he'll be there as well. And and I'm sure we'll get a couple of others. I, I haven't actually looked at the entry list mm. these days. Tom, but I just I get so focused on the Aussies and how we're doing. It'll be fun to see who's coming. Uh, great to have you, Nick. Always good to be able to have you. And uh, SEN's really been indebted to you over the course of the last, well, all year really, but especially this weekend, how many times you've been on. We appreciate that. And uh, we'll talk soon. Uh, no worries, Dwayne. Looking forward to a good week here uh, in Sydney. Cheers. It's good to be talking golf. Nick Ahern. 
champion Australian golfer for Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934.